We have a return engagement with Jack Bond of Paramount Sports NHL to talk about some betting angles for the Islanders and around the league. Interesting angles that he's taking and ways that maybe you can make a few bucks while rooting for your New York Islanders. We've got that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman. Blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson. Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show for a uh, second straight day, Jack Bond of Paramount Sports NHL, talking about some betting angles for the Islanders and for the league in general. And uh, Jack, welcome back. Thanks for having me. We're not done yet. We've got a couple other bets to talk about with the Islanders. And I think I found a couple of interesting bets throughout the rest of the NHL as well that I want to share with your listeners. So I'm excited to be back. Uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, let's talk about some of those bets on the Islanders. You know, one player who had a disappointing year last year, especially offensively, Matthew Barzal. And, you know, Barzi is sort of the most dynamic offensive weapon this team has. Uh, your thoughts about uh, any betting opportunities on Barzal this year? Yeah, you know, it was a frustrating year last year, and it seems like Barzal can be one of the more frustrating players in the NHL watch, right? He's got the Connor McDavid speed and handles, but he doesn't necessarily have it for, for you know, 25 minutes each night or however, however long Lane Lambert might play him this year. He's in a good situation, uh, especially to regress this year. Now, I'm curious um, – I started. I was curious. I started looking around. And I saw that he's got an over under on his total goals scored this year, and that was something I was intrigued by. It's set at over under twenty three and a half goals this year. If he hits twenty four, and you bet the over, you're good. If he struggles, and you bet the under, you're in a good spot. Now, what I found interesting about that is he only scored fifteen goals last year. He, he still put up fifty nine points. He shot his career worst shooting percentage by far last year you know he was only at 9.9.3 percent of shooting percentage last year that's his first season under 10 percent under double digits in his in his entire career he continued his good possession numbers you know his shot attempts per 60 minutes his his coursey the expected goals and all that are still there but his shooting percentage was down and, it, and he wasn't taking less shots it didn't look like he was taking lower quality shots from everything i've seen and everything i've read i'm I'm interested in that bet. I like the over there. I really do like that over. I'm just curious, and maybe you can give me some insight here. Who is he going to play with? 
who's going to be on his line? Is there going to be somebody else there that can drive possession and, and set him up or anybody he can set up on that line? Yeah, that's sort of up in the air right now. And the preseason is going to tell us a lot. Now, he's played a lot with Anders Lee, and Lee would be more of a finisher, uh, the kind of guy who would get those deflections and and rebounds and, and tip-ins in front of the goal. There has been some talk possibly about Anthony Bevilier playing with him because Bevilier is one of the few Islanders who has the speed to keep up with yeah. Matthew Barzal. Uh, and, and, you know, then Kyle Palmieri is always a candidate. He got off to a very slow start last year, but finished stronger. Uh, but there's never quite been that chemistry there. And then, you know, maybe Brock Nelson would be another candidate, but, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of both centers and then you'd have to move one of them to the wing. So I don't know if that really works either. So it, it's up in the air. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned on yesterday's show, if the Islanders are are close to making the playoffs or in contention for a playoff spot, Lou Lamorello may pull the trigger on bringing in that dynamic offensive player. Obviously, that player would be brought in to play with Matthew Barzal. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we also mentioned yesterday that, that he's 50 to one to win the heart. And if the Islanders contend for that division, you, you can bet your bottom dollar, he's going to be leading them in points and he, he's going to be over a point per game. He's going to certainly have to score more than 24, 23, 24 goals throughout the regular season. You're going to be looking at a 35 to 40 goal season from him potentially if he's going to win the heart trophy there. So uh, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not surprised that, that, his goal prop is set low, but not too low there, uh, especially given the the lack of clarity regarding his his line mates. Uh, I am curious to see how, if at all, the power play differs this year and where he's set up under a new head coach. Because the fact of the matter is, this team ranked 23rd in goal scoring last year. It's just a shade under 2.8 goals per game. Uh, where else is that offense going to be improved? If Barzal doesn't return to his form, doesn't start putting the puck on in the net more, where is it going to be improved? Because I was looking through last year's schedule, and, and aside from that that, um, that that long road trip to start the season, there was still the 11-game losing streak. And outside of that 11-game losing streak, this team only played at a 93-point pace the rest of the season. That's borderline playoff, probably not getting in the playoffs. You're right on the edge there. So it's, you know, it's no guarantee that 93 points gets you into the postseason. But if you are going to get to the postseason, maybe even test 100 points with this team, Matt Barzell has to blow this goal prop out of the water. And, and if he doesn't, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be looking into, you know, they're going to be looking into trading him. But again, Lamorello has a sense of urgency here. And, and he's got a brand new head coach that I don't think he's going to can as a result of a struggling season. Um, you know, in fact, Bet Online also has a, a prop for this season on the first head coach to be fired. Lane Lambert's down there at the bottom. He's at 66-1, to one, and he's actually at 28-1 to one to win the Jack Adams. So that Vegas is telling you right there, they, he's going to have a long leash. Uh, but it's also, it's a, again, it's another interesting bet. If you like the Islanders to sneak into the playoffs and rebound after such a tough year last year, 28-1 to one to win the Jack Adams is a pretty fun bet to make. You're betting $100, and if you win that one with Lambert, you're taking home twenty eight hundred dollars. So you know those. That's that. Those are two long shot bets on Lambert. But I certainly think he's more likely to win the Jack Adams than he is to be the first head coach fired. So um, while they might not hit ninety seven, ninety nine, hundred points, they could still sneak into the playoffs. And after all of the the 
the insanity of last year and the chaos that the Islanders underwent and a lot of teams underwent, but certainly not to the same extent as, as you guys did in Long Island. After all of that, the turnaround and the comeback would be pretty impressive. And I think a lot of that would fall on the shoulders of a guy like, like Lambert. So that would be uh, something to keep an eye on. Real quick, getting back to Barzal, the fact that this is the last year of his contract, how does that affect your thoughts about betting over or under on his numbers? You know, it's funny you bring that up. I was talking with somebody about Timo Meyer last night, and he's in the same situation. His goal prop, I think, was set at over under 32 and a half. The motivation and, and the extra motivation more than anything is what makes the difference oftentimes with these with these player props. You look at a guy like Alex Debrinkit last year, who was in a contract year. He was set up well. You know, he was he was he was on the first line on the top power play unit. He was healthy and he had a, a Patrick Kane to work with quite a bit. But he was in a contract year and he was in a similar situation to Barzal. He had a dip in his goal scoring production the year before. It was pretty much all due to his puck luck. You know, his shots on, he was still shooting the puck just as much. He was still possessing the puck just as much, but he just couldn't get pucks through pads and couldn't get the puck in, on into the net. All of a sudden you come into the 21-22 season, Debrinkit is in a contract year. Uh, you know, he, he's on the top line. He's, he's presumably going to get even more ice time as the season rolls on. And more importantly, he stayed healthy despite the Blackhawks not being in the postseason race since really December or January. And so the more time he got there, the more time the coaches wanted to see him, the more chances he had on the ice. And the same thing is true here for Barzal. I mean, 23 and a half in a, in a contract year is certainly low. Uh, the reason I'm not more confident in it, I guess, is because Barzal, again, he can be a frustrating player in the sense that he'll pass up an open shot for a beautiful pass, right, or for a beautiful assist. And that's just the frustration you deal with. It's tough to have your money on a guy like that to score 24, 25 goals when he knows he can, he can you know, dish it with the best of them. But absolutely, the contra that contract year motivation and under a new head coach, just like Timo Meyer in San Jose is right now, it's all the motivation you need. And that really should be one of the focal points you're looking at when you're betting on things like goal scoring props at the beginning of the season, especially for a guy like Barzal, who's been a leader on this team for years now. I mean, he's he's no youngster anymore. He, he's coming to the end of that 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 initial deal. And so with a new head coach and in a contract year and, and knowing that that he's one of very few uh, UFAs they have this year, if I remember correctly, he knows he should cash in this summer. And, and that's it's all the motivation in the world. The opportunity is absolutely there. It's just begging him and pleading with him to shoot the puck a little bit more. And, I, and you know, who knows? Maybe that's a Lambert games, you know, game plan is to just give him the puck and tell him to shoot. It'd be a pretty good game plan, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll be back with more with Jack Bond as we talk about some interesting possible bets from around the National Hockey League. That and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And yes, preseason NHL is now here as well. Head to betonline.net to use or your mobile device to learn more. Go to BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. We're back with Jack Bond of Paramount Sports NHL talking about some interesting betting angles. We focused specifically on the Islanders so far, but now, Jack, what are some interesting bets you see around the league as the season is just a few weeks away right now? Well, you know, if we're going to talk about the Islanders in the Metro Division, I, I should round it up in the East and, and check out the Atlantic. Uh, one of the first bets I usually look at is division winners. I think in the early in the season, you can find, and even preseason, you can find a lot of value there. The first one that really stuck out to me is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're plus 210. They're actually not the favorite to win the, uh, the Atlantic division. I found it interesting because, not just because they're second highest odds to win the division, but because the Florida Panthers have the highest odds to win the division at, at, at straight up two to one. So plus 200 versus plus 210. I... Love the Toronto Maple Leafs roster this year from the net out, or should I say outside of the net? They've got the question marks in net, but this is one of maybe four teams in the NHL that can score their way out of defensive and goaltending issues. Um, you know, you look around that division, the Boston Bruins are kind of trying to run it back <laughs> with, with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. You know, you saw a lot of improvements in the offseason from the Ottawa Senators and the, the Detroit Red Wings as well. I certainly don't think they're in contention quite yet, though. And, of course, the Montreal Canadiens are kind of tanking for a, for a Connor Bedard or, or the first overall pick. So what's what's even more interesting about that is I certainly don't think the Florida Panthers are going to come close to replicating what they did last year under, uh, you know, originally Joel Quinville and then, and then Andrew Burnett. So I did I made Toronto the favorite here. I really did. Uh, they yes, I know they've got kind of the goaltending situation in flux. But they knew Jack Campbell was more than likely going to be leaving this past offseason. And they knew they were going to have to replace him. Um, I'm okay with the defensive group, but I'm certainly okay with the forward group. You know, Mitch Marner had that really tough start to the season last year. And, and people were worried about him. And then William Nylander had his tough stretch in the middle of the season. They were still a top four or five team in the NHL, let alone in the, in the Atlantic Division, throughout the, the regular season last year. Now, they might not make it past the first round, just like they haven't made it past the first round in however many decades at this point, but that's perfectly fine. If I, if I can just take them to win the Atlantic division here and maybe get some home ice in the playoffs, I'll be happy taking them at a plus 210, especially over the Florida Panthers, who really just had a really odd season last year. They were able to come through it. I think regression kind of hit them in the face, though, when they ran into the Tampa Bay Lightning in the postseason. So yeah, uh, that's one bet I was looking at. And then I was I was scrolling through the the Central Division as well in the Western Conference, and I saw the Winnipeg Jets. Their season point total, their regular season point total, is sitting at eighty eight and a half. That seemed pretty high to me. Uh, this team, you know, while the while the Islanders had one of the you know quietest off seasons in the NHL, the Jets had one of the most tumultuous. Uh, you know, you heard the stories of of Pierre Luc Dubois essentially requesting a trade or basically saying that he doesn't want to be there anymore and he wants to be in Montreal. Right. Uh, you know, you've heard comments for the past year and a half now from Mark Shifley being upset with the direction of the team. You know, they, they lost a head coach last year as well. Um, and, and now Blake Wheeler has been stripped of his captaincy and they're just going to go with three or four alternate captains this year. I'm, I'm They have some talent, sure, but this is a team that that's really going to struggle in the bottom six offensively and probably the bottom two pairings defensively. Connor Hellebuck's a great goalie. I'm a really big fan of him, but a goalie is really only as good as the team in front of him. I think every goalie in the NHL would tell you that. Now, in addition to that, you look at their division, 
this is probably the best division in the NHL this year, if, if that's not a crazy take. You've obviously got the Cup champs in the Colorado Avalanche, who you've got to play however many times a year. But then you've got the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues, the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators also kind of round out some playoff contenders in that division. I, You know, I don't see the Jets anywhere near the Predators or the Stars. If you put them head-to-head for an 82-game season, I think that's the concern with, with the Jets right now. They just don't – where they do have consistency talent-wise, they don't necessarily have it leadership-wise. You look at those top three players in Dubois and, and Shifley and, and Wheeler. Now, you've got a Kyle Connor who's just going to be consistently a 40-goal scorer up there, right. no problem. And he's one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. But outside of him, you got Wheeler and Shifley and Dubois who've kind of had this chaotic last couple of months in, in Winnipeg. Outside of that, you might not hear much about their other players because they're not very good players. I, I've, looked up, I've looked up and down at this roster, and, and Kevin Sheveldayoff, he's, he's acquired some guys – that, that are respectable, but they're certainly not going to move the needle one way or the other uh, with that roster. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be as bad as the Blackhawks or the Coyotes this year. You know, I don't think they're intentionally rebuilding, but I do think they're running the gauntlet with, with four or five other teams in this division. They're not going to come out of it alive. I really don't think they are. You know, one thing you have to worry about, too, with the Winnipeg Jets is they have so much travel every time they go back and forth between yeah. North America and Winnipeg. And, and them being the you know the only Canadian team in the Central Division, they're crossing the border nonstop. Now, I, obviously, it's going to affect them a little bit less now that COVID is starting to, you know, you know, sway away from us. But uh, I just don't I don't see this team being set up for success this year. They might be trying to they might be set up to stick around. I don't see them being set up to be competitive or to be successful this year. So if I had to make another bet, and maybe over the Western Conference, I think it'd be the Winnipeg Jets uh, under eighty eight and a half regular season points all right and you know what are some other bets quickly that sort of interest you as we you know just to, about what two three weeks away from the season yeah you know i'm looking down at this and and i i actually tweeted about this today uh, on, on my twitter account it, it seems to me that the last couple of years a team like the st louis blues has been has had their regular season point total set right at around the, the high 90s, maybe the really low hundreds. And then if you look at their Stanley Cup odds, they're at 33 to one right now. They're down in the very middle of the pack with the Washington Capitals and the Dallas Stars and the Los Angeles Kings. I think they're better than all three of those teams. I do. I, they've got a fantastic coach in Greg Berube. They've got a, a what could be hopefully a, a good rebound season from Jordan Bennington in net. They've got a massive defensive group. It seems like their defensemen are towering over every forward that walks that skates into the defensive zone for them. That forward group is so dynamic and so deep. If they can get, if they can survive that central division, I think they 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 throw out with you know Nashville, Dallas, and Minnesota. I wouldn't be worried about them. If St. Louis had to run into the the buzzsaw that is the Avalanche again, I'd be worried about them. But at 33 to 1, I'd take those odds every day. I think that's a fantastic long shot on the Blues. Uh, you know, they've got obviously they're going to have a tough schedule, but this team overpowers and, and has more physicality than almost any team in the Eastern Conference. And I'd say 80% of the teams in the Western Conference. So if you're looking for a long shot, everybody loves to throw $10, $15 on a long shot. There are a couple of them at the beginning of the season. I, I think that's the team you do with this year. It just, they got a, a bit of an aging core, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's getting up there and, 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 and uh, Tyler Kozak and now David Perron's gone, but they've got some young talent that's right there in their mid to late twenties and a Jordan Cairo and a Robert Thomas. 
that can just take them. They can be the next wave of talent in, in potential Stanley Cup talent in St. Louis. I'd look at the Blues at 33 to 1 there. All right. Well, Jack, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, where people can find you? And obviously, we've been mentioning all these odds from betonline.net. But why don't you tell us about what you do and, and where people could find you? Yeah, well, look, this is going to be an, an amazing hockey season. Uh, each of the last two years at Paramount Sports, you know, I've been tracked on a leaderboard at covers.com. They track all the, about 40 to 50 NHL betting handicappers, and, and we've ranked first overall each of the last two years in the NHL betting-wise. Uh, so we've had we've had a ton of success. It's been a blast, uh, and we're going for the top spot again this year. So uh, we actually grade our, our bets or our plays for our clients on a 10 to 50-unit scale. And last year, we had a 50-unit uh, futures play on the Arizona Coyotes under 69.5 regular season points. We know how that went. It went really well. And then we also had a preseason future on the Colorado Avalanche to win the, the Stanley Cup at plus 550. And that went really well also. So uh, if you want to sign up or at least learn more about uh, what we do and about our packages, just come check us out at ParamountSports.com. Uh, you can follow me as well on Twitter at ParamountNHL. And of course, Lee Sterling, give him a follow. He oversees the whole operation here at Paramount Sports. Give him a follow at Paramount Sports on Twitter. Uh, if you have any other questions, you know, again, visit our, our website at ParamountSports.com. Or if you even want to get in touch with us and give us a call, learn more about what we do, how it works, sign up for some of our packages, or how you can get involved and, and sign up, just give us a call at the office as well, 800-400-9741. That's 800-400-9741. All right, Jack Bond, it's been a pleasure talking Islanders and talking NHL with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Gil. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Monday was the 70th birthday of former Islanders winger Gary Howitt. Howitt, an original draft pick of the Islanders in the 10th round back in 1972, the first year the Islanders participated in the draft. And, uh, he made his debut with the Islanders in that first year after spending most of his uh, season in the AHL, played eight games in that first season with the Isles, picked up an assist, and had 18 penalty minutes. And, you know, Howitt, <clears throat> who's a native of Glendon, Alberta, only 5'9", 170 pounds, not exactly the biggest guy out there, and yet he was a tough guy took on all comers. His first full season with the Islanders, he had 204 penalty minutes in 78 games. But, you know, there was a lot more to Gary Howitt than just dropping the gloves. He was tenacious in the corners. He would play and hustle and play good defense. And he could put the puck in the net. Had a 21-goal season in 1975-76 had 48 points in 74-75, 18 goals, 30 assists, and also had three seasons with the Isles of more than 200 penalty minutes. Came up big in the clutch, too. You know, in 1975-76, the Islanders, again, for the second straight year, reached the semifinals, uh, which would be the equivalent of the conference finals uh, now, and Howitt in 13 playoff games that year, five goals, 10 points, and 23 penalty minutes. Stayed with the Isles through the 80-81 season. So he won two Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders, then went on to play for the Hartford Whalers in 81-82, 
and parts of two seasons with the New Jersey Devils before hanging up his skates after the 1983-84 season. For his NHL career, Gary Howitt played in 720 games, had 112 goals, 268 points, and 1,836 penalty minutes. Uh, then played in 87 playoff games, all of those coming with the Islanders, 12 goals, 26 points, and 289 penalty minutes. We are going to go back and look at one of the better games Gary Howitt played for the Islanders, March 14th. 1976 at the old Chicago Stadium, Islanders and Blackhawks, a battle of Hall of Fame goalies, battling Billy Smith for the Isles, Tony Esposito uh, for the Blackhawks, and uh, both of these teams coming into this game with winning records, a lot of Hall of Famers in this contest, a scoreless first period, Gary Howitt picking up a roughing penalty after a little bit of an altercation with Cliff Carl of Chicago. But in the second period, the Islanders are shorthanded. The late, great John Potman off for hooking. Pitt Martin gives Chicago the lead, his 23rd of the year, from Stan Makita and Dale Talon at 10.40. So it was one nothing Islanders trailing. But less than two minutes later, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Gary Howitt ties the game, his 18th. From Jude Druan at 12.07. After 40 minutes, it's the Islanders and Blackhawks deadlocked at one goal apiece. In the second period, Howitt strikes again, his 19th unassisted at 3.48. And the Isles lead in the third, 2-1. But Stan Makita, his 13th from John Marks and Cliff Carl makes it a 2-2 game at 4.01. And then a minute 47 later, Darcy Rhoda, his 19th from Dale Talon. That's at 548. Isles trailing by a 3-2 margin. But 33 seconds after the Blackhawks take the lead, the Islanders tie it on a hat trick goal by our Islanders' birthday of the day, Gary Howitt, his 20th, the only assist to the captain, Ed Westfall. And we are even at three. Then Billy Harris scores for the Isles, his 29th from Brian Trottier at 7.18. And the Islanders have a 4-3 to three lead. Later on in the period, Pitt Martin off for tripping. And Jude Druan gives the Islanders an important insurance goal. His 21st from J.P. Parise and Bob Nystrom at 16.30. Islanders win it 5-3. to three. It was the second of three career hat tricks. For Gary Howard, he also dropped the gloves in the third period with Phil Russell of the Blackhawks. And here's the thing, typical Gary Howard. We mentioned he was 5'9", 170. Phil Russell was 6'2", 205. So he's giving away five inches and roughly 35 pounds. And yet no fear for Gary Howard. So Howard finishes this game with three goals. He was a plus three. He had seven penalty minutes and four shots on goals. So ironically enough, you know, Gary Howitt had three hat tricks in his career. The first one came against the St. Louis Blues. The second one we just discussed now. And then a year later, again, in Chicago against the Blackhawks, all three hat tricks came on the road. Howitt 
for a while with Andre St. Laurent and Bob Nystrom gave the Islanders three tenacious checkers who could shut down an opposing lines top uh, an opposing team's top line and top players and drop the gloves and, and, and win battles in the corners. They were a very good line for the New York Islanders. So again, uh, a very happy birthday Monday was the 70th birthday for Gary Howitt. He is our Islanders birthday of the day. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. We will be back live again uh, on Wednesday uh, since the holiday will be over. So we'll have the latest on the Islanders preseason games and all the latest news and notes from training camp. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.